Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show, season two, episode 17. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Now, tonight, it's just myself and Shalice. Uh, uh, Shalice, there's a lot of uh, sick people around at the moment, plenty of COVID, uh, people unwell, so a few troops down at the moment when it comes to our panel, but I guess everyone will be back on deck next week. But, uh, well, let's dive straight into the mailbox because um, it's a bit of an interesting one here. Who would you most like to have a beer with? Can I only pick one player? Um, yeah, I'd probably go with Jerome Luai just because his personality is funny and, um, yeah, love to have a beer with him. He's uh, he's an interesting guy, isn't he? Because he's kind of... He's just, he's just created like this whole new wave of uh, fandom out there in Western Sydney. He's just almost got like a bit of a cult following and uh, it kind of helps when you're one of the game's best players. So, yeah, not a bad shout there. Look, for me, um, you know, look, it's hard not to say Kalen Ponger at the moment, because I'd just like to, I'd like to know what he's thinking, you know, and get a little bit of an inside goss as to whether he's going to stay with the Knights. Um, as I mentioned, each and every week on the NRL show, please, Kalen, I know, I know you tune in every single week, please stay. Um, but uh, no, look for me, if I could pick any player in the competition, look, I'd probably have to go with Victor Radley just because he, he's just an absolute nutcase. And uh, yeah, it seems like a really good bloke. And, you know, that's what makes our sport a little bit different is, uh, you know, Victor, Victor's got a little bit of a blue-collar background and, um, yeah, I'm sure he's got a few tales to tell. But, um, yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, plenty, plenty of guys to choose from. But Victor Radley, Jerome Lua, I think that would be a pretty good night out. All right, well, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, The Playbook. Some people are just great at all aspects of the game. When they step foot on the field, it's their show. Double right, scat right, double cowboy. Went 94 feet, did a roll step, made a right-hand layup timeout. The most important thing is film study. We work a lot on short passing with our forwards. You talk about somebody to know the playbook, know where everybody's supposed to be, know the other team, coaches, style of coaching, how his ball club's going to play. Love this, Shalice. Our brand new segment to Mojo Sports, and that is the playbook where we get to talk about you know all things positions, breakdown football, and yeah, just get our just get our nerd on when it comes to all things rugby league. So loving this segment, and this week on the playbook, we're diving into all things wing. Uh, you know, it's a it's an interesting position, Shalice. You know a little bit about it yourself, so I can't wait to to, to hear about your experiences there. But um, I, I guess let's let's take it all the way back to I guess the evolution of the position. Shalice, you know, kind of the the narrative that with, uh, you know, with the wing position, it was definitely seen as a spot where, you know, you could put your worst player, they've just got to sit out on the edge and all they've got to do is occasionally try and catch a football. Um, times have changed. Now, um, yeah, I, I guess take us into, you know, your own experience and, yeah, what you love about the position. Yeah, so being a winger myself and obviously, you know, have knowing – that background of, you know, you kind of throw your worst player out there or your not strongest player. It's definitely not that way anymore. You Your wingers are really valued. Like catching those high balls on the kicks, um, getting that try down, like being a really good finisher, it's really valued and it is actually a very very skillful position. And obviously the speed, the skill, the ball handling, you got to – it's, yeah. Um, I enjoy that position. It is my favourite position. Um, 
and yeah, it is. Yeah, I love that it has really evolutionised from having your weakest player out there to being you have to have a very skillful player out there to finish off well. Like a big part of your game plan. It's hard to pinpoint exactly when it changed because. You know, uh, you know, there has been a lot of legends in our games who have performed really well, you know, a little bit undersized from the wing. So, you know, a player like Hazmel Masri comes to mind where, you know, he was a brilliant finish, finisher and, you know, you'd have Hazem in your team just for his goal kicking. He was an absolute sharpshooter and, um, you know, obviously changed the game from that point of view. But, you know, there were still, you know, powerful outside backs. You know, I think about... You know, some of the, the, the dynasty teams there in Brisbane where you had Wendell Saylor, Lottie Takiri, and, and I, I just feel like the wheels started to turn there. There, there are, a, you know, a few sort of, you know, bigger outside backs in history that, that certainly, um, you know, guys like Mal Meninga who played in the centres and things like that, but the wheels started to turn. And I think for coaches, um, Shalise, it was really, you know, th- th- there's a lot to it. So let's break it down. Part of it was so much fatigue started to come into the game for front rowers. You know, when we went away from unlimited interchange, you know, suddenly you had, um, you know, forwards who, you know, they couldn't just come off the field for five minutes and come back on. You know, effectively, there was a lot more fatigue. There was a lot more tired, bigger bodies. And, you know, suddenly coaches figured it out that, hey, if you, if you, you know, get a little bit of a size and a little bit of athleticism in your outside backs, in particular your wingers, you can take a little bit of pressure off your forwards in, in that tackle one, tackle two. Yeah, 100%. Like for us, what they're called speed sets. Um, when you're coming out of your own end, you utilize your outside backs and your wingers to give your forwards that break, that, um, yeah, give them a little bit of a break. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you use that speed to gain those meters. I know we're smaller, but it does help having, um, yeah, like, yeah, athleticized outside backs coming and taking those first few carries of a set. Yeah, well, it kind of simplifies the role of the front rowers as well because, you know, now you can sort of, you know, because you're turning the big boys around, you know, those big players and effectively, you know, they can get themselves set for kind of tackle three, tackle four, and they can get their 10-meter carries where, you know, effectively, effectively, if you're turning them around with a good kicking game, they're under fatigue, they're trying to get back, and then your, your defense can sort of come in and pressure them. But to your point... It's all about finding your front, fast, quick, play the balls, and it kind of revolutionised the game. Um, Shalise, we'll, we'll fast forward, I guess, the, the metre, um, I, I guess, the, the, that yardage um, component of our wingers to, you know, the modern game where we look at some of the players who have just taken it to a new level. Brian Toe, who we'll talk a little bit about later, but players such as Brian, I mean, not only are they sort of, are coaches seeing wingers as a good opportunity to sort of make cheap early metres, but... Now you've got guys like Brian and other wingers who are, who are getting more metres than, than front rowers. It, it, it's incredible to watch. Yeah, it sure is. Um, they're getting heaps of line breaks. You know, they use they have good footwork. They're speeding, speedy, sorry. Um, and, yeah, looking for those holes, they've got um, they've got a good head on them as well. Like, yeah, and they're making those metres 100%. And don't you love it when, like, you know, the modern game, you know, from a coaching perspective is that, you know, these – you know, your outside backs have really got to come in on, on tackle one and tackle two and get those carries because if you don't, you know, you sort of cop a spray because, you know, you're putting your forwards um, under pressure. And Shalise, let's talk a little bit about, you know, one of the, I guess, biggest rule changes uh, in the NRL that really changed things. I remember, you know, listening to quite a few commentators over the years who were just, you know, they were desperate for, for this to come into play. But I don't think anyone could have predicted the impact that it would have had on the game, removing the corner post from from the game. You know, suddenly, you know, the second you touch it, you're, you're out. And, um, you know, one of the things that, 
you know, I, I guess we don't plug the AFL <laughs> too much here on the NRL show, but one of the things we're envious about their code is some of the, the unbelievable aerial contested plays that they make. Suddenly you bring that into the NRL, and now year after year we're just seeing players do ridiculous tries in the corner. I mean, Shalisa, it, it's just about, you know, who can outdo each other year after year. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know we haven't got to it yet, but Xavier Coates, oh, his aerial like game is just incredible. It's so impressive to watch. Like the game's just evolutionizing year by year, and it, yeah, it keeps it interesting. It's uh, yeah, it, it's pretty special. So now you're thinking about you know as a coach when you're thinking about sort of you know recruiting, you want you know big, strong, powerful athletes that can sort of you know get though get that yardage. Uh, but then that aerial threat is really really important. Um, you know, one of the things that I think we've moved away from, fortunately, um, Jalisa, is just being stuck on your wing. Um, you know, there was a period there where you know, the error of block shape where as soon as you get into good ball, you know, you're sort of setting up for that block shape and you're really sticking to your wing there. Um, you know, obviously that still occurs, but I, I, I love where, you know, coaches give a license to roam from some of our wingers, you know, sort of come in, you know, take carries, take opportunities and cause some havoc in and around the middle of the ruck. It's, it's a little bit different and I'm, and I'm sure some coaches don't like a little bit of unstructured play, but, you know, isn't it good to see where, where an outside back will just come in randomly and and again take a little bit of pressure off and you know uh, you know break a tackle or two yeah it is unpredictable when you see your outside back come in you're thinking oh well what's gonna happen here but um yeah it throws the um opposition off offside like and yeah obviously coaches don't like unstructured play but if, if it comes up, if the opportunity arises, take it. it yeah, it's effective. Now, I, I guess one of the things that we've seen, you know, with the salary cap era is that a lot of, I guess, high-quality, um, you know, wingers have, have sort of tried to, to move into that fullback role, you know, to sort of try and try and sort of play there. But I guess, you know, now, now that there's, you know, now that I guess there's more and more money and there's more importance in the winger position, Shalice, we're seeing players who stay on the wing. You know, players that I think about is like Josh Adokar. You know, I wonder whether four or five years ago, if he had the opportunity, whether he would have transitioned to that fullback role. But now there's really no need. You, you can earn good money in the NRL if you're one of those elite players, um, you know, on the wing. Yeah, 100%. Um, I know myself, I've had opportunities to go back into fullback and stuff, and I've given it a go, but... Personally, I really feel comfortable on the wing and I love the idea of being a specialised winger and being a specialised finisher and, yeah, it's a good opportunity and especially with that money coming in, I think it's a good spot. Stay there if, if that's working for you, stay there, yeah. Now, Shalise, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, fans that watch the game that, that sit at home on the couch. Uh, you know, I guess that's me, you know, bowling Doritos in hand, yelling, yelling abuse at the TV when your team's not performing particularly well. Uh, Newcastle Knights are probably one of them. Um, but, you know, take us behind the scenes in terms of playing the position because it, 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 it's not easy. It, it is particularly challenging. What's probably one of the hardest things that you've found in terms of trying to, you know, I, I guess you wouldn't say perfect. You're always learning. You're always trying to improve. But what's what's one of the more challenging things you've found with the role? Um. I, the pressure, I know for myself, I pride myself on catching the ball, like uh, kicks, wild passes. I pride myself on not dropping the ball. Um, but it, it does make me, like, I put pressure on myself to stick with that um, 
holding myself to that pride. Um, especially, yeah, on, on a kick on last, when you have, you can see the opposition coming I don't know down. How you do it. That is probably the most pressuring part of a game. But yeah, it's, it's adrenaline. It, you get that adrenaline rush. So I do really enjoy it though. It's, yeah. It's your ability to just stay focused in the moment because you know what's coming. You know that it's being coached into your opposition to perfectly time the play where you just catch the ball, hit the ground, and then you just get absolutely flattened. Um, yeah, Shalise, I'm, I'm glad that's you and, and, and not me. But uh, no, look, it's a difficult position. And, and I guess it, it's very, very difficult now in the recruitment game because we've just spoken about, you know, some of the fundamentals in terms of what coaches are looking for. They're looking for yardage players, you know, dynamic, athletic, their ability to carry, um, absolutely. You've then got their ability to kind of compete with their Xavier Coates in terms of the air, their aerial game. Um, you know, the, the, other, the other components of it is the ability to catch the high ball again that's something that's that's underrated you you know at this level in the NRL you cannot be dropping the football Um, you see quite a lot of teams who actually don't contest the ball as well I know that's an absolute coach killer Um, you know so you know it, it, it is pretty impressive and the last thing and again you talk about the simplicity of rugby league and sometimes we overcomplicate things Jaleese, with an open line to the try line, you know, you've just grinded out maybe 20, 25 minutes trying to get some points on the board. You know, the line is open in front of you. The ball, you know, cut out pass to you. You've got to take that that football. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, just simple, just simple catching the ball, getting it over the line. Sounds very, very simple. But again, you talk about coach killers. I mean, yeah, it sounds simple putting in words like that. But when you're on the field doing it, it, even if you've got a straight line, you know those defenders are going to be sliding across. Like, it's never just simple. Um, you've got to step back inside. You've got a palm. You've got to stay inside the field. It's No, it's just not that simple. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you will never live it down if you drop the ball with a wide open uh, line there. So, again, the ability to catch that there. And the last one, Jaleesa's speed. Um, it's just something that... You know, a lot of people, you know, you can sort of coach, you can try and improve it, but it's just something you're born with. It's a natural talent. And, you know, you think about, you know, coaches and they're trying to, you know, differentiate players, um, you know, their, their pros, their cons, their strengths, their weaknesses. Speed is just something that you just need in rugby league, especially in the outside backs. Talk to us a little bit about it, whether it's the ability to take an inset, run 100 metres, or just have that, you know, just have that ability. Um, talk to us a little bit about the importance of speed when it comes to the wing, because, again, you've got to have that size and athleticism, but you've got to have that pace as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, speed's something you can't teach. It is just something that naturally comes to a player. Um, so if you've got speed on your side, it's just a gift, really. Um but I find I surprise myself with speed when I know if I get an intercept or something, you're running that field, you're running that 100 metres, you can hear or you can feel how close the defenders are and you just somehow pick up the speed or like if you're doing a chase down, um, yeah, you surprise yourself with, with the adrenaline behind you, you can pick up the speed. Um, and what's yeah. what's incredible is, you know, you see a lot of track, track stars and, and you know, you know, literally people that, you know, obviously excel at, at, at athletics and you wonder, you know, can they play rugby league and things like that? But, you know, the ability to still run at that pace with a football in your hands, running flat out, uh, it, it's just, you know, it, it, it's another element that makes it pretty challenging. And I guess one of the final things, the playbook, as we break down this position is the importance of the Iraq, the, the importance of wrestle. Um, Shalise, I, I guess when you think about the wing um, and in those contests, one of the things that, that, that comes to mind that I think about when it comes to our wing is, is just the ability to always beat 
that first defender, you know, the ability to have that strong up, upper body, a good palm, and the ability to kind of kind of find your front. You know, when it comes to some of the sweet science of the game, winning the ruck, fast play the balls, finding your front, that's not just something that, you know, is coached in the forwards and some of the bigger players on the football field. This is something that wingers are supposed to um, excel at as well. Yeah, I know with my coach, Blake Cavallaro, he drills it into us. He loves he looks for that in a game especially with that those speed set carries coming out of our end those first two or three carries it's vital to get that quick play the ball um so they can run off the back of it and keep going those meters get catch someone offside or markers lacking it is so vital to get a quick play the ball yeah yeah and uh and let, let's round it off we well we, we've got a couple of interesting ones here just to finish off the playbook but um Shalisa, I, I i you know i love i'm love picking your brain about your position here um communication you know in terms of you know in the old days again you could probably sit out um sit out on the wing again you're the worst player you know the, your worst player on the football field you've been thrown out onto the wing um the crowd's probably you know throwing you a can of beer you know you're sort of sipping that as the play's sort of going on but no how times have changed but again communication's another important one you talk about that edge defense you know the you've often got a half there your second rower your center your fullbacks at the back as well again it's not you know rugby league is not a game that you can be silent in it's something that you've really got to try and work with your edge to make sure that you know no one's rushing in and you're not making any silly errors yeah of course uh communication is key through the whole line um in the field i'm on your team sorry um I know in defence or even in attack, I'm always counting to tackles and letting my players inside me know what's going on, um, what tackle we're up to. Um, I'm always looking like in defence, mm, who should be pulling back left or right, even though that's the full back's job. You know, you, you can't lack. You've still got to get that communication across. Um, yeah, communication is vital. You can't. It's not just standing out in the wing, sipping a beer, looking for <laughs> ball with clovers. You, yeah, you can't take your eyes off the game. You're yeah. always... Yeah, the complaints are rolling in from the the, the old fashioned wingers that uh, no, just uh, just tease there, obviously. And you're right, that positional play is so important because you got to drop back, you got to be in the right position. But you know, you've also got to be you know really wary of some of these playmakers because if they see you sitting back too deep, you know they'll obviously try a little bit of a kick short. Uh, and you know, just the talent in the game of rugby league at the moment, especially in the in the NRL, in terms of. Um, you know, the, the 4020s and things like that. You've always got to have your wits about you. So, um, no, look, it really is a special, uh, a special, interesting position and one in which coaches are investing more and more in. Um, all right, Chalice, let's uh, round, it, round off our first playbook segment with your favourite player in the NRL at the moment when it comes to the wing position. Yeah, at the moment, we've mentioned him a few times already, Xavier Coates. Um, he's just changing the game. The position is changing the position. Um, his aerial... Um, side of the game and he's got his wits about him as well like his intercept in the game he's just played and run the whole field it takes a skill to read the play in front of you get your hands on that ball properly and run that field like he's got speed aerial reads the game well like yeah he's I've got to say he's my favorite at the moment yeah look at when it comes to mine I I think yeah I'm going to talk a little bit about him in a second so I won't give him too much of a wrap but you know again Brian Toe he, he is an incredible player um, and, uh, you know, what's a little bit scary about the Panthers is, um, you know, some of the talent out there, he's out of the team and they're still, um, you know, sort of producing some of the game's best juniors. So, no, he's, a, he's an outstanding player, and, um, yeah, definitely those two players definitely represent the modern game. And, uh, yeah, so for all our junior listeners out there that are sort of, you know, thinking about different positions to play and uh, when it comes to rugby league, uh, check out the wing. Definitely a dynamic position and something that will get you well paid uh, in the future. 
All right, guys, well, let's jump into our next segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, quick one for you tonight, Shalice, as we jump into the match, the Battle of the Squads. Uh, Penrith Panthers, as we see uh, the great man Brian Toe, as we just mentioned, coming up against Stephen Crichton. You know, it's, uh, you know, I guess one of the things that, um, you know, I guess we haven't been too clear on is that I've sort of been selling you as the, as the Sydney Roosters supporter. But, Shalisa, tell us a little bit about your own fandom because you're, you're a pretty big fan of the Panthers. Yeah, I am. I do go for the Panthers. I am a Roosters player, but yeah, I actually go for the Panthers. <laughs> um, I just think their side is so impressive and the juniors they're producing, uh, like the pathways must be incredible over there at the Panthers. So, yeah, and they are a very strong side, and they do have a few of my favourite players in there: Jerome Luai, Brian Toe, Stephen Crichton. Yeah, Nathan Cleary. They've got a yeah, really strong side. Yeah, absolutely spoiled, aren't they? Well, let, let's dive into it quickly. Um, Brian Toe, and you know, we've done a little bit of coverage of Brian uh, in the past on Mojo. Go back and have a little bit of a listen. But you know, twenty-three years of age. Uh, you know, five foot eleven. You know, a little bit of a, a shorter. Um, you know, player. You know, sort of, you know, weighing in at around 97 kilos, but Shalise, he just is incredible. You know, as we spoke about earlier, you know, you, you know, I, I guess you respect, you know, the wingers who sort of go out there and, and um, you know, certainly can can produce yards. But but this guy, he's, he's he just changes the way the Penrith Panthers play. And you can definitely notice over the past couple of seasons when he's not in the team, um, definitely an incredible talent. I, I guess one of the things we'll quickly touch on too is, it just means a little bit more for Brian as well. Shalice, you know, one of the things that I've really picked up with him is just his absolute love for the game of rugby league. You know, quite often you see some of these young, talented players where they'll play well for a month and then they'll fade away. They might sort of, you know, sort of struggle at the start of the season and just before State of Origin, they'll start playing particularly well. Um, you know, Brian Tyre, every single game, he's giving it his absolute all. I, I just, you know, what can you say? It just goes to show how much he loves rugby league and how much he loves the Penrith Panthers club. Yeah, it is. It is really um, obvious how much he, he loves the game. His consistency is just next level. Um, could, you, yeah. could you imagine like, you know, you, you, you run for 180 metres and then people are like, where was Brian Toe? You know, he had a quiet night. It's, it's pretty incredible uh, in terms of, you know, just – uh, the expectations of all all fans now, um, and you know you pity some of the other wingers in the game because you know they, they sort of struggle to get a hundred meters there. And uh, yeah, Brian's def- definitely doing crazy things. And you know you think about what he's been able to achieve so far. Um, obviously, you know he's represented um, Samoa back in uh, twenty nineteen, um, and then you know broke into the New South Wales Origin team, uh, played in all three games in twenty twenty one, scored a couple of tries, and you know you just. I think, you know, New South Wales has gone through quite a long period of, you know, I guess burning through players in particular in the outside backs. But, you know, what, what's your thoughts, Jaleesa? You know, Brian's a player who he could probably play state of origin for the next 10 years. He's only 23 years of age. Yeah, he's really making a name for himself at such a young age. His consistency is what's getting him where he is. And yeah, he he has ten years left in him, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I just uh, you know, obviously we suffered through the Queensland Maroons dominance, so uh, you know we, we're certainly bringing bringing together some talented youngsters ourselves, which is good. All right, Brian Toe, very talented player. Let's flip it over to Stephen Crichton. 
Um, so it's really interesting because, you know, when I think about Stephen, I'm still a little bit unsure where his best position is. Um, you can see how dynamic and freakishly talented he is in the center. You know, very different uh, body type to Brian, six foot four, 99 kilos, only 21 years of age. It's incredible. It feels like he's been playing for 10 years. Um, but you just wonder whether his future might be in the fullback position. Um, you know, obviously we've seen him in stints there when Dylan Edwards has been injured. It's been a little bit of a mixed bag, though, from him. You know, he, he sort of struggled a little bit, played a few good games, but, you know, obviously he's outstanding in the centre position. My question to you is, where do you think his future lies for Crane? Um, do, you know, do you think he's a longer-term fullback? And I, and I know you think about this all the time, playing in the outside backs yourself. What's your thoughts? Is he, is he a long-term centre, or do you think he will make a move to fullback one of these days? I mean, I guess it's unpredictable. I'd, I'd actually probably like to see him stick it out in the centres. I think, yeah, he's very explosive there. Um, and it is key to have a good connection between your wing and your centre. And if they keep that connection going, um, it's, yeah, it's very effective. Um, but I guess you never know. If, if he gets that chance to consistently play fullback, um, you never know. Yeah, he could shine there. Yeah. If, if the big money came in, you know, for a big fullback, it'd be hard to turn that down. But you're right. I, I think just that centre position was a little bit underrated for a lot of years, you know, and you felt like you could you could put, you know, sort of, um, you know, you didn't have to invest a lot of money there. But having a strike weapon, it just gives so many options to playmakers. But, yeah, it will be really interesting to see. Look, Shalise, he may end up in the front row at this stage with all of these amazing junior outside backs that are coming through. Isaac uh, Tago. Um, you know, Talon May. Uh, yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll see where Crichton ends up. He may end up in the front row yet. All right, no sitting on, sitting on the fence when it comes to the match, and I know you're torn on this one. Brian Toto versus Stephen Crichton. Um, I guess if you had to start a brand new franchise tomorrow, which player are you going with? You can only pick one. Uh, I'm going to have to go Brian Toto. Um, yeah, I think he's just really valued as a player on and off the field, his personality, his vibe that he brings to the team. And then, yeah, his consistency and his passion and love for the game. I think I would just go with Branto. Yeah. I mean, I've given him so much love, so I I might flip the uh, the script and go with Crichton. I I just, uh, yeah, again, I'm just a little bit torn where his future is. And I just wonder, you know, red clear for, or one of these, um, you know, teams that might be struggling if, 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 you know, if they were ever able to pry him away from Penrith. I know he's kind of locked down at the moment, but he's 21 years of age. I mean, even if he played there for another four or five years, he's still going to be a baby uh, by the time he sort of moved. But, um, yeah, going to be really interesting. Crichton for me, but um, two incredible players there for the Panthers. All right, well, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, Shalise, we don't go easy in Rapid Fire. This is a tough one. Our top three players in the game right now. It's it's just difficult to kind of to kind of uh, yeah only pick three. I'll, I'll jump in first because for me, I've got to give love to Kalen Ponga. I, I know it's been a challenging start to the season for the Knights. Um, to be honest, I'm pretty happy. I I actually thought that we would you know struggle a little bit worse than what we have. So you know the team's been going pretty good without him. Struggled with injury and it's been a little bit quiet. But you know for me, you know um, you know Kalen just brings so much to this franchise and. You know, I will never forget what he has done for our club, for the Newcastle Knights. By buying Kalen Ponga, he's the reason why we were able to slowly attract other players. 
you know, to be honest, we were in the West Tigers position not that long ago. Um, and now, you know, with Kalen Ponga in, in your team, you're always a chance to get free agents, to, you know, players will want to come and sign for the club. So, um, yeah, I, I love what Kalen Ponga has done for the club. And he's a great player. I, I think he's just going to need time to, um, you know, get those injuries right. And, um, yeah, fingers crossed he can just play the remainder of the games and, Hopefully push us into a final series. How good would that be? Uh, other two players, pretty easy. Nathan Cleary. I know that people get bored of singing his praises, but we haven't quite seen this before. Even if you go back and you look at some of the all-time greats, his composure, his consistency at his age, and and I guess his ability to win. I mean, we're talking origins. We're talking premierships. I mean, if Cleary keeps this up over the next few years, he is going to be... Yeah, he, he's going to be an unbelievable player, and he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats. So you don't like to put too much pressure on a young player, but I don't think anything upsets Nathan Cleary. He's um, a very cool, calm, collected uh, player, just like his dad. And my third player, um, look, I'm going to be honest, you know, when I'm flick, flick, flipping through games and trying to work out what to watch, um, anytime Latrell Mitchell is in a game of rugby league, I'm watching it because it's going to have fireworks, it's going to be explosive. I just love the way he plays. He has a lot of shit in his game. You know, he gets that sort of niggle. He gets that aggression. The palm comes out. He gets angry. And just that celebration when he scores. You know, if if Luttrell is in a mood, um, he's just going to win a football game. So Luttrell Mitchell for me. All right, Chalice. Again, difficult. You can only pick three, but uh, where are you going here? Yeah, the top three you chose are pretty good. Um, (laughs) Me, I'm going to have to go Nico Hines, that Halfback position is just – that is the best position in the field. Like, you're making all the plays, and it, he is he is making those plays for the Sharks. Like, he is a weapon for them. Um, yeah, I think he's really – I think he's really cool, calm, collected as well, like Cleary. Um, I think he's going to give Cleary a run for his money. Um, yeah, and he is from my area, so it's really good to see some, someone from the Central Coast get making his name up there like that. Um, so, yeah, Nico Hines. Um, who was my other one? Jerome Luai, another halfback. But, again, it is such a vital position on the field and he pulls shit out of his out of nowhere on the field. Like um, his game against the South, that little kick into the um, – into over the dead ball – oh, sorry, not the dead ball line, over the try line. Um, just pulled a try out of nowhere, out of nothing. It was in like – surrounded by the fence and he's just pulled something out of nowhere it's amazing to see and he's um yeah I think he's really really good player and my last one is I really enjoy watching how do you say his name (laughs) Ryan uh, Viliami Kikau Viliami Kikau that's that's it I I I really enjoy watching him in the Panthers I know I'm a Panthers supporter um but I think he's a really explosive player defense and attack um yeah, I do. I really enjoy watching him. So they're my top three at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's some good choice. I mean, Jerome Luai, there was a period there where everyone's like, is this guy any good? Can he play without Nathan Cleary? Uh, yeah, he kind of can. And he can do it really, really well. And Viliami Kikau, I mean, there is no excuse for that guy not to be the best player we've kind of ever seen. Um, when he turns it on, he's just bigger, stronger than anyone on the field. So, uh, yeah, definitely an incredible player. And, uh, yeah, look, last year there at the Penrith Panthers before he moves to Canterbury. So I think, um, yeah, he'll be very motivated to do something pretty special there for the Panthers. 
All right, well, that's all the time we have tonight, Chalice. That was awesome. Great to sit down and talk all things footy with you. Uh, as, as we mentioned, I uh, had a few troops down tonight, but our full panel will be back next week. To our listeners, uh, thank you for your continued support. Continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends, and until next time, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.